the scripture readings that we'll be hearing this month provide contrasting sets of virtues and vices that can either foster or destroy relationships. Willingness to communicate and forgive enhances a common life of faith. Jealousy and envy, as we will see in subsequent weeks, rip communities apart. Community life, whether in a family, a sodality, a group, a religious congregation, or the church itself, is the great testing ground of faith. St. Teresa of Avila thought that relationships and community were a greater indication of one's relationship with God than the heights of mystical prayer. A Christian hymn proclaims, They will know we are Christians by our love. These thoughts echo the words of St. James who tell us we are to show our faith through our works. Life lived in relationship with others can be difficult and challenging. Just because we call ourselves Christian, and just because we come to church or participate in ministries and groups in the church, doesn't mean that we are immune to the sins of pride, injustice, and lack of love. Paul reminds his Roman audience that love, tested in immediate relationship with our neighbor, is the fulfillment of all laws. Even dramatic sins like adultery, murder, and stealing are variations of the more ordinary betrayals of deception, manipulation, and self-centeredness. In each case, it is a lack of love, a harming of the neighbor which occurs. And that's why our one duty, our sole debt, is to love one another. Today's gospel provides a practical scenario on community relations and how to resolve conflict and division within our community. If your brother should commit some wrong against you, go and point out his fault, but keep it between the two of you. If he does not listen, summon another, so that every case may stand on the word of two or three witnesses. And only after these careful encounters is the conflict to be referred to the entire church. And then if the person persists in their wrong behavior, there is separation. Well, it sounds simple enough. The problem is, we're depending on behaviors that do not come easily. We don't often enjoy directly confronting another person, especially someone with whom we are having difficulties. Some families will go years before addressing a problem. Grudges or resentments within a community more often die with those who hold them than come to a resolution and quiet conversation. The misdeeds of friends or relatives are usually discussed with everybody except the accused. Encountering the truth with another person daunts us because it leaves us open and vulnerable to being judged ourselves. It daunts us because we realize that in this encounter with the other, we cannot control them. And if we are honest with ourselves, 
We are daunted because the truth we encounter can often be as critical of us as the person we are confronting. In this gospel today, Jesus acknowledges that inevitably conflicts will arise between members living in the community of the church. Rifts in relationships between members of the church are actually rifts in the relationship with Jesus himself. Not facing whatever fractures or breaks the unity of the church makes the lie of our claim that we are gathering in the name of Jesus. Healing fractures ensures that members of the church remain in relationship with Jesus and grow in love for one another. The impulse for resolving conflicts and preserving the unity of the church comes from Jesus himself and his continued presence in the community. The response to Jesus must come from members of the church and in our work for reconciliation. In the first reading, God confronts Ezekiel with the responsibility to remain faithful to his prophetic mission to confront the wicked. Or, let's put it differently, the prophet had an obligation to speak the truth. Speak the truth to whom? And why? And how? Both Ezekiel and Jesus are quite clear that the person that we owe the truth to is the one who is hurting themselves or others through their behavior. What good does it do to sit around your coffee table and list the sins of your neighbors and children? What good does it do for members of the CWL or Sacred Heart or St. Anne to share the sins of members of the congregation with anybody nosy enough to want to know. What good does it do to blow up a parish WhatsApp group complaining about someone or something if you never actually do anything constructive about it? The obligation to speak the truth is not an invitation to gossip. It is an invitation to take up the hard work of healing and reconciliation which our families and our church community needs. Why is there this obligation? Because in a very real sense, we are our brother's keeper. To paraphrase the words of Cain after he had murdered his brother, Abel. Ezekiel makes it clear that we will be held responsible for the eternal welfare of our brothers and sisters if we could have done something to help, but didn't. Some countries have a duty to rescue law, which obliges people to help somebody in distress if they could reasonably have done so. For example, a good swimmer who sees someone drowning in the swimming pool and has nothing to help could be prosecuted for failing to rescue the person. Just think of the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's very clear that Jesus views most favorably the one who stopped and helped. 
It was because of the Samaritan's behavior that he became a brother or a good neighbor to the robbery victim. How are we called to speak the truth about things which might be hurtful, embarrassing, or shameful? I think with empathy and with tact. Sometimes we assume things about others that just aren't true. And a gentle approach may reveal the full truth without alienating the other. What we should not do is go in with all of our guns blazing, as though we were eager to prove how evil the other person is and how much better we are than them and how they don't belong in our community. In our own lives, we know how easy it is to sin against one another and how difficult it is to repair the relationship. While it is difficult, healing and reconciliation are possible when an honest exchange is brought about by the commitment of both parties to live out the mercy the reconciliation and the forgiveness that Jesus taught.